Once you have an idea, how do you decide your next step? What do you do first? Hey everyone, welcome to Business Mindset Mastery. My name is Heather Gray. I am a mindset and performance coach over at choosetohaveitall.com where I work with online business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs to live their best lives and run their best businesses. Now today's show, we're diving deep into a question that I got from yesterday's episode. So if you haven't listened to that yet, you may want to pop back into yesterday's episode where I talked about how do you take action on your idea? How do you breakthrough of the doubts, the insecurities, the second guessing, and how do you actually start to move forward? Today's episode uh, piggybacks a little bit on that. So let's dive in with a listener question. Here we go. Hi, Heather. My mom shared your podcast with me yesterday and encouraged me to write in with a question. I'm now a sophomore at Harvard, but four years ago, all my mom and I did was fight about my grades and study habits. We were in a never-ending battle over homework, but by my junior year, I found a study approach that turned me from a C or D student to an A student, and I was studying for less time. My mom changed her approach with me, too. We've thought that we could start a business doing this, where I coach the kids on the study hacks I've learned, and my mom helps the parents understand an alternative way of talking to their kids about this so they don't fight about it. We know nothing about starting a business. She's in New Jersey now while I'm in Massachusetts planning. So planning feels unrealistic. Neither of us are educators, so we worry that no one would listen to us. Because of our inexperience, we keep talking ourselves out of this, even though we both know in our gut that if we hadn't figured this out, I never would have made it to Harvard, and we may not have the relationship we do now. You said on your show, just do the next thing. What do you think that is for us? What do we do first? Thanks, Melissa. Oh, Melissa, I'm so glad you reached out and asked me this, and I think you and your mom have a great idea. Um, so stay tuned. I'm going to get back to you right after the break. So here's the thing, Melissa, depending on who you ask, you're going to get a variety of responses. But when somebody has an idea, or in your case, two somebody's have an idea, and they just want to see what can happen, and they just want to see if the idea has legs or if it could, you know, take off in some way, what action looks like really depends on a singular question. What are you willing to do? What are you willing to try? Because I have a ton of ideas, like just talking right off the cuff here. Like the first thing that I would think about is like if you offered a free workshop at Harvard um, to teach your study hacks. Um, anybody want to learn study hacks, teaching my favorite three tips in the library at four o'clock today and see who shows up and just offer it for free to start to see if your ideas resonate with other students. Because my story about you, Melissa, is whatever you learned in high school, you're now applying in college. And some people would love to know a new approach. Sometimes people are studying for, you know, six hours a night. And if you're teaching them a way that they could only have to study for four, they may want in on that. And likewise, your mom could go into the guidance counselor of your old high school and say, hey, listen, my daughter Melissa and I fought like cats and dogs when she was here. I had a unilateral way of looking at how she should be studying and working, and she had her 
own ideas and we went back and forth forever on it and it wasn't until I listened to her, heard her out, considered an alternative point of view and backed off a little bit that I, I was able to see her succeed. I think I could help other parents too. Do you know other parents who might be struggling with their kids around study habits that I could just offer a Saturday afternoon to? If your mom reaches out and starts talking to parents and engaging in the conversation while you're talking to students, and again, like you're you're in college, so I would go to the college crowd, but you're I'm in Massachusetts, so I know where Harvard is. You're not that far from Cambridge Ridge and Latin and some of the other um, schools in the area, and you could probably approach the guidance counselors at those schools with your tips and tricks, and they'd be happy to help you, particularly maybe the seniors or so who, you know, get senioritis at this time of year and just want to pay attention to the end zone. So I would start to take action on your idea. I would start to do the thing because what ends up happening, I think a lot of times is people try to do all of the first steps, but you never like get off the ground to do your idea. So you worry about a website or you worry about a Facebook page or you wonder how you're going to get, you know, money for marketing and you spend your time in the weeds. But if you can start doing the thing you have your idea about, if you get to actually just help other people with their coaching habits or your mom gets to help other parents improve their relationship with their kids, that's the thing that's going to give you the vote of confidence. Once you get to do it, that feeling of success, of connecting, even though you probably haven't made a single dollar yet, fuels you through the other parts of business building that you may not know, that you may not be feeling comfortable with or confident in. You know, designing a website is super intimidating. Putting yourself out there as a mother-daughter, you know, study team and deciding what your brand is going to be, like all of that is an intimidating process. But you can skip all of those steps and just start doing your idea. See how it fits for you. See how it feels. See what your process like turns out to be. How do you walk people through the beginning of this to the end of this? How does your mom do it on her side? What are the questions and obstacles that come up for other people but haven't come up for you? If you're in the thick of it, doing it, in the time frame that you have available, given that you're also a college student, you're going to get a sense of how much you care about this idea, how passionate you are about it, and how much you're willing to give to it. And I would start there. I have some more thoughts too. Once you get into it and your mom gets into it and you guys are doing it, you're going to get feedback in real time. Just like you found out that I did with this podcast. I released this episode yesterday and by last night before I went to bed, I'd received your email and I'm answering it on the show today. It can happen that fast. So as you're getting information, as you're gathering feedback, you're going to be fine tuning your process. One of the ways you can start to include a larger community about it is simply to start talking about what you're doing on social media because you want to create interest, you want to create curiosity, you want to start developing connections with other people who like the idea of what you're doing so that when the time comes and you're branded and you're ready to press go, you have a ready-made audience that are already identifying you and your mom as the study hackers. 
I don't know if that's a brand, but like you might want to look that one up. It could be good. Um, but it's that idea that like you're going to start doing it and then you're going to start talking about it because those two things go into like what I call living as if. It is so easy to talk ourselves out of things, to tell yourself, I'm just a college sophomore. What do I know about running a business? My mom is, you know, I don't know what your mom does for work, but you know, she's not an educator. What does she know about helping other parents and never getting off the ground with your idea? It's so easy to get caught up in the questions and the things you don't know. But as you're doing it and as you get excited, you're going to start to figure out the actual missing pieces, not the imagined missing pieces that everybody just tells you you need. But you might figure out, oh, we need a system for communicating. So, hey, we need to get our business an email address or, wow, we need, you know, I need to teach my mom social media because she's not as hip to it as I am or something that as you're doing it, you are going to identify the missing pieces specific to your business. So many people spend time building things for their businesses that they never end up needing because they simply think it looks good for the business optics, that a good business has to have the shiny new website or the good business needs to have an established social media page and social media following. But as you're doing it, you will find out what your specific business needs. And then you're only spending time managing and scheduling the tasks necessary to get those things done. I think sometimes that allows you to fast forward the process a little bit. It allows you to skip a couple of steps without it biting you on the butt at the end of the day, because I do think sometimes people launch their idea and they're not fully prepared, and then suddenly they find out the things they didn't do. But as you're doing it, you will figure it out. The other thing that I'm going to encourage you to think about here and uh, this isn't going to be a popular answer. I think this is where all the entrepreneurs go straight and I take a right-hand turn. But I wouldn't wait to charge for this. Common um, advice and recommendations in this field when people are just starting out and brand new are do this for free. Get your first 10 reps in. Tell people you're willing to do it for free. Get the idea validated. Free, free, free. That seems to be the first step that's often recommended when people are launching a business. And I get it. But I also think it makes it really hard for the business owner who's new to business to then start selling. If you start your idea with selling, you never have to figure out how to move somebody from some like from a place of only getting your free content to then paying for your paid content. That like obviously in those first steps, like you might have college students just show up for an hour or two, but you're only going to teach them two of your hacks. You're not going to teach them the whole toolkit. And your mom may offer some brief perspective on a Saturday afternoon, but she's not going to tell the whole journey. And you can start by collecting interest. But then once somebody has accepted something from you one time for free, it's my bias and it's my belief that they should pay for the next step. And that only happens if you're willing to charge for it. 
You don't have to charge a lot for it. I know the value that comes with putting out a finished product or service with pride, with all the bells and whistles and the shiny website and the slick advertising connected to it. I know what that feels like, and I understand why people want to do it. But what's most important to set your business up for success is that you get used to seeing it as a business. And you and your mom coming together are going to have to decide how you move through your idea as business owners. Too often people stay in that idea state and then they try to transition to make it a business and it feels like they're taking their side hobby and trying to make money off it. But if you think of yourselves as business owners from day one, everything that comes after is easier because it's in the frame of how would we do this as a business owner? Because a business owner may offer you a coupon to get you in the door for the first day, but they're not going to give you a coupon on your way out so that you come back the next day. At some point, they're going to expect you to pay full price. And I think service-based businesses in particular, when we're using ourselves as our brands, we trip up on that idea a little bit and we feel like we have to give away more of ourselves because that somehow proves our worth. I actually think it disproves and devalues ourselves and disrespects our worth rather than, you know, validating the idea that we're worthy of being paid for our services. You can start small, but each step after jumping in and teaching a couple of student hacks or going to the local high school and teaching student hacks there, or, you know, having your mom go to a couple of high schools and talking to other parents, the next step really has to be, how do we do this as a business owner? As business owners, what do we want our second step to be? What are the things we know? What are the things we need to learn? And what are the things we may need to hire out and invest in? And that's always going to be an individual decision, but that is the next step. Otherwise, I think you'd end up sending me an email and saying, okay, I did that first step. Now what's next? Which you're totally welcome to do. This could be a live mini mindset lab in action. This is the stuff I love. And I'd be happy to help you with that, Melissa, if you ever want to write in again. But I also want to give you a sense of the big picture. I hope this has helped. I loved your question. I think you and your mom have a rock star idea. Um, one of the other things I would just say quickly that really helped me feel a little bit legit is I started working on my brand name and finding my URL and my domain name. Um, and if, you know, just to reassure you there, if the .com isn't available, the .co's and all of those are perfectly acceptable these days. Uh, the .com sometimes can can be really hard to come by, but you do really want to make sure that you've checked and double checked that there's no other businesses that exist with your name so you don't risk copyright or trademark infringement down the line. Um, I'm talking to a lot of entrepreneurs right now where that's a struggle, but you want to get into the daydreaming idea of what your brand name is going to be because that, you know, for some people would be distracting and you could get lost in the weeds, but for me, it was the thing that made it real. It felt like, wow, my second business is really happening because it has a name. Um, and it's really kind of fun. You and your mom can kind of just text or email or message each other back and forth with different names. 
when I did it, I kept a notebook with me at all times so that I could come up with the name and then I could do the search. The other thing that's um, a, a really helpful hint is if you go into these domain search boxes, here's a little hack. Um, if you go in and you search the name so, to see if something exists, the bots are going to go after it and scoop it up before you can buy it. But if you go into the search bar and you do a search for the name, the bots are off that and you can find which sites and ideas you have are already websites. So just a little quick hack to add to your study hacks. There's a business hack. Thanks so much, Melissa, for your question. I really enjoy talking to you and I look forward to hearing what happens next. Those of you who might have a question, you're welcome to email me over at heather at choose to have it all.com or join me over at Facebook at the, with the group of the same name, choose to have it all, and we can continue the conversation there. Thanks so much. And I'll talk to you tomorrow.